Meet little Melvin. He's a 90-pound weakling. In the cold winter of 1874. Holy shit! I don't know what it was, but it saved my life. I'm Alfred Patrick. This is my horse, Leanne. <laughs> Golly, I can't about it you see the next year naked man on this trip. All right, everybody, drop your tacos or I'll blow your brains out. His face is so terrifying. Ah! We can't show it to you now. You'll have to see the movie for yourself. We can make him tall or we can make him not so Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Sleezoids, the podcast where we go down the rabbit hole of 20th century genre fare from the most influential canon classics to the trashiest exploitation films we can get our hands on and invite you to tag along in helping us create a canon of sleaze. Each week is a double feature grindhouse style where we discuss two films loosely related by subject, genre, actor, filmmaker, or franchise. And at the end of each episode, along with our honorary sleezoids, which you can become by subscribing on Patreon. You better do it. You better do it. On time. Thank you. We decide on all the official (laughs) ratings and rankings for every film that we cover. Patreon subscribers also get an honor shout out and two bonus episodes every single month which we have been doing for over a year. So if you haven't made the jump to Patreon, there is a huge catalog of bonus episodes waiting for you back there. So we would recommend considering doing that. And speaking of which, we have a bunch of patrons to thank this week. We've been getting, we've been, we've been, we've been slowly getting there. We appreciate Uh, you guys. But I think we did four last week and we got four more for this week. And those are Dylan Woford. I think that's right. Again, I get all yeah, of those wrong. We're very point, sorry. Thanks, we Dylan. Thanks for getting all those bonus episodes. Name. We also have Andrea Basora, uh, Din A, just the letter A. Din so, A. Uh, <laughs> Din A. Din A. Uh, and Joseph Erp. Uh, so thanks so much to all of you guys. Hope you're enjoying those bonus episodes. Thank you very much. To keep you around. Um, and that's the one plug. Second plug. If you guys are listening on iTunes... Uh, if you guys have been liking the show, we would really appreciate it if you guys go over there and give us a good old rating and review. It helps us find new listeners. Yeah, it helps a lot. Uh, and we're also on, uh, I, most people know at this point, I can tell by looking at the, uh, <laughs> the, uh, whatever the, the stats, stats. <laughs> I, I got, I got all the stats logins over here. <laughs> so we're on Spotify, we're on Stitcher, we're on YouTube or yeah. pretty much everywhere that everywhere. you can think of. So if you, if you haven't found us yet, uh, give us a good old search and we'll be, we'll be there. Yeah. Those are the plugs for the week, getting them out of the way. Welcome back. I am your host, Josh. And joining me as always, my co-host, Jamie, welcome back. Welcome back to the show. We are talking movies once again, cinema motion pictures <laughs> doing <laughs> do it again yep r- ripping it again i tried that joke out on the patreon episode and <laughs> complete silence in the comments so <laughs> seeing how it goes over here we'll see how this one i goes. enjoyed it um so we are back uh two weeks ago would have been the last time i think you guys would have heard from us free listeners and we would have been talking shot on video horror for the first time what an adventure they were uh patron and friend of the show steve carlson came on and he brought with him boarding house 1982 directed written starring john wintergate in his first and last credit for all three of those roles (laughs) i think that's a a vision and he just got out right after that a very bizarre psychic splatter uh sex comedy yeah, with, it's it just a. He cast himself everywhere. as the shirtless banana hammock dude <laughs> who has a bunch of Playboy bunnies who just really want to yeah, have sex leopard with him. Speedo, man. And then Very there's stylish. also telekinetic murder and <laughs> things happen. So that was on last week's episode, along with Red Spirit Lake 1993, directed by Charles Pinion, which was a much more 
uh, recognizable stylized vision in the yes, shot on video definitely. horror genre. Um, and a little more we, coherent. I guess that probably would help. We we found out that that the boarding house had like an hour and a half of footage missing. Yeah, there's a two <laughs> two an hour epic. and forty an minute epic. long director's cut of boarding house yeah. out there. Wow, I have no idea what that includes, and I don't honestly think I'm. Yeah, gonna I don't watch know it. if I'll ever dive into that. But. Yeah, uh, but Red Spirit Lake was much more accomplished in terms of as as, as a vision of of directing and uh, love that hour nine. Uh, runtime. Yes, sixty nine <laughs> minutes. Nice. Nice. Uh, well done. And Charles. it uh, had uh, it, it interestingly deployed its violence and its sexual violence in ways mm. that were both uncomfortable and also made you think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Made, uh, made me feel really gross, uh, but also used them with a purpose. So, and I mean, it, it involves a uh, <laughs> uh, female spirit coming back to life to anally fist a gangster to death. So, yeah, if I that mean, interests you, you at wrong. all. Can't yep. go wrong there. Red Spirit Lake 1993. So that was two weeks ago. But last week for our patrons, uh, you guys got your bonus episode, and that was uh, heavily stylized 80s crime procedural starring William Peterson. So A good. very specific niche genre. Uh, but that included William Friedkin's To Live and Die in L.A. 1985, uh, as well as Manhunter, directed by Michael Mann, uh, 1986. Two films Jamie and I really, really love talking about. Yeah. And it was a request by one of our patrons, Alex Nettos. I figured we'd give him a shout out as well. He was the one who paired those two films together. And I had never seen, we, neither of us had never seen To Live and Die in L.A. Oh. I didn't realize how well it would pair with Manhunter. Um, both mm. films uh, sort kind of, of about the these. slippery slope between yeah. cops and criminals, but very, very different stylistic. <laughs> yes, to yeah. live and die in LA, very, very grotesque for- and nihilistic manhunter, a little bit more existential and emotional. Yeah. Um, so two very different uh, stylistic and slightly avenues. more optimistic with the ending there, a little bit more. Yes, a lot more sympathetic to, <laughs> to the uh, how we create monsters and criminals yeah. in different ways. Um, but yeah, so that was last week's bonus episode. Again, that's patreon.com slash Thesoids podcast if you want that episode. But this week, we have, as usual, another special guest. Not a film critic, <laughs> uh, but one of my childhood friends yeah. who has come on the show to talk about one thing he knows very, very well. And I'm going to have him introduce that. Uh, his name is Mitch Vischer. Mitch, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, man. It's an honor to be here. <laughs> Long time listener. <laughs> Long time. First time caller, I guess is what they say. <laughs> well, welcome to the show, buddy. Now, as 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 this goes, you know how it goes. We talk to you about the show a lot. Uh, yeah. The guests bring on their two movies. So what two movies have you brought with you and why have they been paired together? So I have brought, uh, first of all, The Toxic Avenger, and second of all, Cannibal the Musical. Now, the connection of these two movies in particular is that they were both uh, trauma films. And now you guys haven't really discussed trauma very much on the podcast. I don't think we've actually mentioned it at all. Yeah, this might be the first, yeah. But you guys could probably run your podcast for an entire year <laughs> off of the works of Troma. It's <laughs> it's like nonstop trash since probably like the 70s. Yeah, I think I looked Excellent. it up and I think it was 1979 was their first film. And they started out doing kind of like silly sex comedies. What was it called? Do you know the name <laughs> of it? Oh, I'll, I'll look it up right now. But yeah, okay. I, uh, they were they were there was a bunch of silly titles like there was like, uh, um, oh, my God. Hold on. I'm going to get it right now. It's coming. Here it comes. 
Studio battery. Uh, blood sucking freaks. Nice. Uh, squeeze play. <laughs> acting out. Uh, waitress. <laughs> Just waitress. Ferocious female freedom fighters. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, ferocious They're- female freedom fighters part two. Uh, stuck on you. <laughs> so a lot of these anyway are uh, sound sort of like boarding house where they kind of yeah. were kind of like playboy sex comedies. Um, They've had some bl- pretty fantastic titles over the years. Uh, 2006, one of their more recent films that they made was a poultry geist night of the chicken bed, <laughs> <laughs> which yeah, is, I think I noticed that when I was looking through some of the, the films that the other people did in, in these movies, that's, I, I think which I added is like, that to oh, my list. <laughs> It's like a poltergeist kind of like musical comedy remake where they build a fast food restaurant on top of like an ancient burial ground and all of the produce in the restaurant comes to life and murders all the customers. (laughs) Have you seen it? How's you said musical? Is there a lot of music in it? How's that? There's like five or six songs in it. Oh, wow. How are they? Just out of curiosity. They're good. (laughs) Oh, nice. Nice. (laughs) Uh, There's one in here called when nature calls and its poster is a ripoff of Gone with the Wind, but instead of a man holding the woman, it's a bear. Holding <laughs> a woman? Yeah, like romantically. <laughs> uh, there's also uh, one title in here from 1985, I Was a Teenage TV Terrorist. <laughs> oh, man, all these titles make me want to watch them. Yeah, so we, we could definitely get a, a year's worth of content out of this because, again, there's there's six pages of this, so it's got to be around yeah. 150 films, it's looking oh, like, at beautiful. least. And, yes, we are doing one of their first and, uh, objectively, their most popular cult film, The Toxic Avenger from 1984, and then Cannibal the Musical, which was, I believe, 1993. So The Toxic Avenger is their most well-known? Yes. Okay. Yeah, Toxic Easily, Avenger think, is, yeah. by by a landslide, it is their most popular uh, film. Okay. Um, I, think I think for good reason. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I shouldn't maybe say that. I haven't seen too many trauma films. Yeah, well, the, the next one was Class of Newcomb High, apparently, from 1986, which okay. looks like I actually haven't of, seen that one. It's, kind of like, looks like a, a bit of a Breakfast Club horror film yeah. type deal. I'm pretty so. sure some of the actors are in those other films, too. So they must have... I don't know if these actors like exclusively worked with the production company or what it was. I mean, it was they could probably pay them very cheaply. Yeah. And be like, we'll give you a ten movie deal for ten dollars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yes, yeah, so this was by uh, Trauma Entertainment, led by one producer and director Lloyd Kaufman. Uh, he did both of these films, but uh, he directed actually Toxic Avenger and Cannibal the Musical was actually not produced by or was not actually made under their production company. It was actually made separately and then they purchased the rights to it. Right. Oh, so what, okay. one thing they do a lot of is like finding like the sleazy independent movies that other people have made and then buying up the rights to them and then selling them for them. And actually they've been famous uh, because the uh, the filmmakers of those independent movies that they buy up, they actually do get a lot out of like the back end and stuff like that so he actually has like done a lot to help these filmmakers over the years right which is really fascinating because in comparison we've talked a lot about grindhouse films and stuff like that we've heard i think steve brought up on last week's show that like the boarding house guy made like no money because the distribution company basically fucked him like distribution companies are known for picking up small filmmakers and just not giving them any of the money where it sounds like troma was actually a place where he would give them uh investment in the films because they were so small okay Um, yeah 
And now, then when they get cult DVD followings, you know, there's yeah. actually some decent money that can be made on there, which it sounds like Cannibal the Musical actually did end up getting, especially because South Park obviously became so yeah. huge, and we haven't yeah. mentioned that. Yeah, once, once South Park would only took grow off. from there, right? So, yes. I mean, so once, South, once, South Park actually led to a resurgence in people wanting to look up, yeah. you know, the works of Trey Parker, which, right. you know, is the writer and director behind Cannibal the Musical. And actually, to this day, like, uh, Trey Parker says he still gets the occasional check from Troma. Like, it's not a oh, lot. Wow. But like yeah. they, they have he, done a he, very good. He got job a percentage, like, so he gets you know sent that's out the awesome. checks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, so that's as good as any introduction as any. I think we're gonna jump right into these two trauma films. We are gonna be talking first about their uh, one of their earliest ones, their first forays into horror, and their most popular film, The Toxic Avenger, nineteen eighty four. For incredible, explosive action, you must see the Toxic Avenger. He's a different kind of hero. The Toxic Avenger is coming to your town. Look out. All right, we are talking The Toxic Avenger, the 1984 American superhero parody comedy splatter film directed by Michael Herz and Lloyd Kaufman, here credited as Samuel Whale. Don't really know why he went with a different credit on <laughs> on this one. Um, Started the superhero genre, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> the superhero movie. Yep, here we go. Well, I mean, I think it came out shortly after superman the richard richard donner superman movies oh, okay. so it's just really funny to me that people who like went to the theater in 1980 and saw superman and then all of a sudden this was in theaters just four years later <laughs> yeah. um but obviously we've already talked about that this was released by trauma entertainment under lloyd kaufman's own uh production company uh lots of b movies and campy concepts and gruesome violence that they could you know uh put on a poster and get people to pay money to go see yeah um I love how the movie even starts with kind of a warning. It's like, there is yes. extreme violence. Get ready for trash. Well, apparently this film was virtually ignored upon its actual release in, really? in theaters. And it, 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 it caught up later, as a lot of films did. We talked about this a little bit yeah. with Larry Cohen, too, that it had a successful midnight movie run or a drive-in movie run. Because people would, you know, sometimes they sense. wouldn't flock to see it, but they would go watch it with something else. And then they would be like, oh, that was more fun than I anticipated. And then obviously. That, that, is, that is the primary way that a lot of these kinds of movies do catch on in the end, right? Like Yes, that's yeah. how they become cult classics as someone is accidentally sees them at a drive-in and then <laughs> yeah. later home video would become vhs and dvd you know that and that they would show their friends um so that's how a lot of this stuff picked up and i mean this one was so it was po- eventually popular enough that they ended up making three or four toxic avenger yeah. movies yeah i think four they, yeah. they've released the fourth one like uh just this decade i think oh wow yeah yeah it looks like 2000 two, uh, yeah year 2000 or- so this century. year 2000, so this yeah. millennium anyways. Yeah. I think I was looking them up on Letterboxd. They actually seem to have a uh, decent ratings too. Like I don't think they're known as absolutely awful. So I, I've I only seen the first one, but from what I understand, like a lot of people kind of disregard the second and third one, but the fourth oh, okay. one is supposed to be like the true sequel. Oh, okay. Cause I think I, was it was, was, uh, the director involved in all four of them. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, Lloyd Kaufman is basically hands-on every single one of the films that he works on, whether as a producer or or a director. But okay. I think he personally directed um, 
all of the Toxic Avenger films by the looks of it, mm. except for maybe the yeah. fourth one. It's I don't see his name on the fourth one here. So oh, oh no, the no, one. there it is. It's Citizen Toxie, the Toxic Avenger four. Yeah, so no, yeah, he, yeah. he directed all four of them, uh, as well as Poltergeist and Romeo and Juliet, <laughs> oh, which is the uh, James Gunn written one, the Romeo and Juliet ripoff. Oh yeah, I have heard of that. But we should maybe dive into, for those who haven't seen, what Toxic Avenger is sort of like loosely about. And I say loosely in the most meaningful version of the word. <laughs> uh, but it is about uh, a small town uh, just outside New Jersey. Tromaville. Uh, Tromaville. Tromaville <laughs> where, uh, the majority uh, of his movies take place in Tromaville, by the way. Okay, okay. nice. Um, but that, that's why Cannibal the Musical does it though because he didn't actually produce it because I, I was curious about that because I, I assumed when I saw Tromaville that there would be this would be like, like a universe a, pr- a comic thing. universe yeah, 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 yeah. Um, kind of deal but it, it starts off with a warning of the idea of look at the modern world look at New York City uh, and think about it exists on the idea that we have a lot of waste uh, and a lot of production so it's trying to milk the idea of uh, environmental anxieties, chemical waste, things things of this nature. And then we quickly morph into what is basically sort of like a teen sex comedy. Yeah, where and all yeah, just yeah. hyper-sexualized, hyper-aggressive. It's Everything's like close up and sweaty and in your face. Hey, can I actually say like I love the gratuity of it? Like, absolutely. I, it's, yeah. And actually, I think like this... Um, this like leering focus of the camera on these like perfect specimen bodies is actually like it works pretty well as like a juxtaposition like later on for like the actual body horror stuff that goes on. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And uh, and the fact like the way that he directs the characters, it seems like every single character in took the most amount of cocaine they possibly could and then just started working out. And, and living their lives. Like, every single thing is The performances this, are insanely over the top. Yes, just <laughs> yeah, completely yeah. exaggerated, you know, like, faces all smudged together and rage and, and all this. It's it's hilarious. And th- this is, like, fundamentally a parody of so many different kinds of genre films. I kind of lost count. Because at, at some point, yeah. it turns into a bit of, like, a, a death wish. Yeah, this is, uh, like, a like pure criminal satire. type thing. <laughs> and then, it you know, and obviously, at, at a certain point, becomes a little bit of... It has to be a superhero parody at some point, which is mostly in the back half. Right. Um, but it starts off as like a jocks versus nerds sex comedy type thing from the eighties. Yeah. Where it's almost filmed as like, almost like a workout video for the first few minutes. Like, yeah. Well, yeah and what's the, what's the pop going well, yeah, on? What's the song that's playing? It's something about like body. Oh, body I want to listen workout. to your body talk. Or body something. Yeah. Talk. Body talk. That's <laughs> yeah, what it, is. it slams. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it kind of starts out with this, this young, uh, they specify multiple times 98 pound Melvin yeah. who's, who's yeah. A, you know, we'll say he's a little slow. Uh, yeah. he can't, he, he can't talk very much. He mostly works as the janitor at, uh, the Tromaville health center slash yeah. gym. And very goofy too. Like that. Once again, he's kind of got that, you know, like the jocks have that exaggerated anger and energy, whereas yeah. his is just an exaggerated goofy kid, like very funny. Very, looking, very, you know? like, He's got the toothy smile and the squinty right. grin, and exactly, yeah. Well, and, and he he's wearing the same shirt that like Napoleon Dynamite wears. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and uh, all the jocks are all upset with him because he just walks around mopping things, but he's obviously very clumsy because he's a little slow. Yeah. And everyone's like, "I hate that mop boy, Melvin." <laughs> yeah. uh, Everyone hates the mop boy. Yeah, and all he's trying to do is like, I don't know why just cleaning he's up mopping after up the pool. <laughs> 
I was kind of. Uh, well, yeah, like, it's like uh, there's going to be water all the time. But. Yeah, <laughs> it, it doesn't make a great deal of sense that he's mopping the pool there. No, but there's there's a lot of working out bodies, and you know he uh, Melvin's the janitor, and there's there is a, a pretty funny joke where everyone's being like, oh, what 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 smells? And everyone's telling him that like the bathroom smells, so he's going over to clean the bathrooms, and he dips the the mop in the jacuzzi that all <laughs> yeah. the jocks are in, and they're like, oh. Yeah, and that's where you first get that kind of. Uh, like the 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 opening shot with the the gym does a good uh, uh, job of kind of giving you what this the energy of this film you know what this is kind of going to give you for the next hour and a half, but then when you start hearing the dialogue and just how absolutely ridiculous yeah. and gratuitous it is, it's it's uh I mean this it's it's that kind of thing where you're either gonna I, I think kind of really engage with it or you're just gonna be turned off because it's so in your face and. Yeah, well, I mean, we should point out that this film is very deliberately crude (laughs) and gross and obnoxious in in, in ways that are intentional. Absolutely, Um, yeah. What I found odd is that people refer to this movie as like a quote-unquote bad movie and and i could see it in the sense if you don't like necessarily like the film or whatever but everything they're doing seems to be intentional so i don't necessarily it's not like trolls 2 where they set out to make a good film and then they they didn't. accidentally made something this inexplicable is like all and on purpose yeah. so I, I i find it odd that people have that kind of a mentality about it yeah, I mean, we're going to get into it because 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 yeah. for for me watching both of these movies back to back, I think we all kind of had different uh, for sure sort of sort of takes on it. But for for me, I think that this was when it's acting operating as like a schlocky grindhouse parody that's over the top. Yeah. I think that I got a lot of enjoyment out of it. And then when it got into just like the actual writing of like characters and jokes like uh-huh. dialogue jokes i was kind of like it most a oh, lot of it kind of actually it? ended up falling a little flat for me oh okay. um, yeah if i yeah. was i was howling the entire fucking time uh, well, I, I, and, and that's just it is like i i, I think that if this is your sense of humor yeah. i think that this is going to like it's it, this is going to be gonna like a masterpiece right yeah. yeah yeah so and 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 i think for for me it was just a case of some of the you know, more like low hanging fruit yeah, kind of I mean, like it's jokes. Incredibly gratuitous. It's, it's unbelievable in that regard. Yeah. Well, and, and I mean, and that's just it is I have a hard time b- being the person who's just like, that's gratuitous because that's literally, that is the joke Yeah, <laughs> is yeah. that it's gratuitous and unnecessary. And yeah. I mean, like we should get into uh, this specifically because when this morphs into more of like a horror film um, or at least a jokey horror film right. uh, in a kind of like nonsensical way is that uh, as all teens do, they, they they love hit and running. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we got two yeah. prime candidates. <laughs> yeah, and, and for a second there, it turns into uh, Death Race 2000, which yeah. I don't think you've seen. But like that, no, no. that, the whole premise of that movie is it's kind of like uh, that that wacky cartoon like Mario Kart type uh, idea, but like full Grindhouse rated R. Yeah, uh, and the whole yep. thing is that they 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 set up a universe where these characters compete in a contest to literally hit and run shit down, and they okay, get points. Right. And I, I wasn't I wasn't actually sure if maybe these characters were playing based on the Death Race 2000 rules. I'd have to rewatch Death Race again to see it. That'd be the 70s. interesting. Yeah, because like that's the point is they say the more gratuitous the kill, the more points you get. Like if it's like if you hit you know like a baby stroller, it's yeah. like twenty points. If you yeah, hit, they actually like, have like a diagram in their car of like baby <laughs> strollers and dogs and yeah, like and and it, it's it's it felt to me deliberately taken from Death Race 2000. It just so happened that I had actually seen the film. Yeah. 
because yeah. I watched it a few months ago. And I love, I mean, I love that added comedy to it where it's, where it's just like teenagers doing it, or I guess, uh, I don't know if they're college students or no, they're, they, they, they seem like they're in high school. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it, it was, it was hilarious to watch like cheerleaders and jocks just be like, oh, you're going to run that kid's head over. That's 20 points. And like, well, well it's that, like, yeah. Usually the, uh, the, the punk kids, you know, they're out like smoking pot or having sex or something like right. that. And like these kids are like running children over. <laughs> and the then street. taking pictures like they're collecting the it. Pictures for a, was, like was, a, was my favorite touch. Cause they were just like, check out my new camera. Like it, it gets <laughs> yeah. six shots. Like, oh, that's great. Meanwhile, we know they're looking at photos of like a, uh, crushed in child's <laughs> yeah, head. Dead kids. Yeah. And which, there's like, there's almost like a, like a sexuality to it as well. Like they, no, they get off 100%. on it. Yeah. yeah. Well, because yeah. there's part where they're like faster and faster yeah. and they're just like, keep it going. Like, yeah, it's, it's tied into the sort of like the, the rebellious sex crazed teens, but they just also love murdering people via <laughs> hit and run. Exactly. It's, it's, it's all tied up in the same thing. And of uh, course the, the way that he directs it too, he doesn't just have like uh like there's the one shot where the body actually gets hit by the car and then it's a doll or whatever. Oh yeah. But then, and you're like, wow, that was actually, yeah, you know, that was pretty violent. And then they have to just back it up over the head and, and they, and they have the all the details are yeah. there and everything like that. And that's also, I think a, a moment in the movie where you're going to be like on board or not. Cause I mean, they do, that is a 12 year old kid. Uh, I will confess that I was pretty shocked because mostly yeah, because too. I didn't expect them to have the makeup budget to accomplish something. Well, like yeah, that. that too. Absolutely. Um, and I was, yeah, that's a good point. And like that, some of these kills, in fact, I like when we get to the later ones, so. uh, they really do go out with some of the makeup as apps, uh, actually now realizing the, the body change too. Like there's yeah. a ton of good makeup in this this film, so yeah, it seemed like that's where most of the budget went. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And, and, yeah. They, and, and they do a pretty good job, like replicating the film stock and look of like grindhouse films and stuff like yeah. that. So yeah, I mean, can I just say, like, I've seen a lot of like gross movies. That scene of them running over the kid's head that shocked me. Yeah, no, it did for me too. Oh yeah. I didn't think they were gonna. I mean, I knew they were gonna go far. They they have been with the kind of energy that they've been given off. But I didn't know that it'd be so detailed when they were doing the things they were doing too. Like I thought they just hit the kid. It'd be implied he got run over with his head or something. Yeah. But they, they, I mean, no, it's, they it's show the wheel crushing his skull. Yeah, like, and yeah. then they show them like taking, taking pictures, pictures of and the garbage, bodies yeah. just there. Several times they show like this like crushed head of a child <laughs> in the street. Yeah, and and that's not even. I mean, that's not even the. Uh, I, well, I, it, it would depend on your stomach for certain things, but we have, there, later on we have a restaurant scene oh, yeah. in which pretty it shows a few deaths that we'll get into that are also you know very controversial for moviegoers. Yeah, well, because th- that's just what it kind of does is it deploys like really over the top, vicious, cruel violence. Yeah, and, and then also makes it like that has this exaggerated violent comedy. So yes. you're laughing, but you're also totally grossed out. It's it's very odd. Yeah, it has it has that mix of it. Because, I mean, like, right after they crush that child's head they and all the people are taking pictures, the guy, like, yells out of the car, like, hurry up, I got to go to church, like, in the morning. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, they were, they were like, yeah, you want to you wanna go kill another one? He's like, no, I got to be up early in the morning for church. And they're just kind of all like, oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and, and one of the things I did like about this is that there there is sort of, like, an implied larger universe of Tromaville that you kind of get in sort of like the peripheries of this film. I, I really enjoyed the 
uh, two coke snorting uh, chemical vat drivers. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. They're, they're just like and their faces covered. Yeah, like two and, truckers that are yeah, just the, completely gacked up. They just park their big truck of toxic waste right inside the gym. Well, yeah, and and, and like they're driving around exposed vats of toxic chemical yeah, waste, like, like, like no on any of those barrels. Like like the things are like bubbling up and all of that, yeah. and and Spilling they're over. sitting there being like, "Man, it's crazy that we're driving around like exposed vats of chemical waste eh? <laughs> with like two and grams then, of coke in our yeah, system." And, and then they were like, "Meanwhile." Remember that dope we were snorting last week? It just pulls out like a giant Ziploc bag. Yeah. <laughs> and they were like, let's just pull over and do a bunch of it. And you're and, and then you're kind of like, I, I feel like they're setting something up with this yeah. subplot here. <laughs> uh, and they are because the, uh, the very uh, sexy ladies of Tromaville yes. are going to play a prank on, on, on Melvin. Uh, and it involves making him think that he's going to get laid and instead, uh, putting him in a tutu and having him make out with a goat. The classic <laughs> prank. Yep. Yep. Uh, always a classic. You love to see it. <laughs> you love, <laughs> you love it. <laughs> uh, and he is obviously completely uh, heartbroken, and everyone is like, uh, you know, m- making making fun of him and laughing at him. So he does what all people do. He just jumps out the second story window of the school or yeah. of the health center. But they're like chasing that, him like a mob through <laughs> yeah. the gym. Yeah, so it does seem like he's escaping a little it, bit, like, too, which yeah. is which is very funny. He's just he was so overwhelmed that he's like, all right, that window. Yeah. Well, he he finally jumps out of there. Jumps through the window and lands into the exposed chemical vats. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and. Whoops, Daisy. Yep. And there <laughs> and you go. And even this, they the like. The titular throw... Toxic Avenger is is born. Yeah. And even, I love the part where he's like turning and burning, and the one jock is like, he's just faking it. Yeah, yeah that's he's funny. faking it. <laughs> he's faking those burns. What? The pussy can't <laughs> take a joke do, or whatever. Meanwhile, he's like <laughs> yeah. burning. Yeah. <laughs> It's so funny. The, like the one cop tries to help him and touching him sets his hands on fire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, which leads to a great scene, which is the transformation scene, which yes. I thought was very well done, especially like at first they're doing some arm stuff, very subtle and, and you can kind of tell the makeup, but there's one shot where his head starts to expand. Yeah. He's like bubbling well and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. It's yeah. Very this cool. kind of thing is really trauma's bread and butter. Oh, okay. Like the kind of um, like the the body horror and like makeup artistry and stuff like that. Like I don't think there's a single Tromaville uh, movie that doesn't go completely all out with that kind of thing. Oh, okay, that's awesome. That's good. That's that's like some of my favorite parts of watching these horror movies. So I will definitely have to watch more trauma. Yeah. Well, I I, I will say that I mean the main difference here is that just like the tone is different. Yeah, well, you also have, like, because you have his mother outside. You know, He's finally like, reached puberty. Yeah, yeah. just Shut to kind of have that, the themes of sex again mixed with this environmentalism, which is very, an, an odd uh, duo, but what are you going to do? Yeah, it almost well, kind of reminded me of uh, another movie you guys did on the podcast, uh, Street Trash. That's exactly yes. what it reminded me which, of. Which, by the way, the mayor is in Street Trash. Oh, is he really? Yeah, he, he plays... Yeah, yeah, uh, the, the, the mayor who, but. in... Uh, the mayor of Tromaville is also the uh, the garage owner in Street Trash. Yeah, because I saw him. I'm like, that guy looks so familiar. And lo and behold, he's in another trashy King movie. There you go. Yeah, no, this reminded me a lot of of, of Street Trash, although I think it's a, it's a little bit more, uh, I would say, co- coherent. 
Uh, yeah. And, and, and intentionally campy. I think, I yeah. think street trash had those vibes. Um, and I mean, we, we, we talked all about, you know, the craziness and bizarre elements of street trash. Yeah. Um, so the, this was in a similar realm to me as street trash, although I did feel like a lot of this was more intentional. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, in, in a way that, and I mean, I, I think our critique of that one too was that it was like intentionally trying to shock a little bit in ways that were a yeah. little juvenile, I guess. Yeah. Was kind of how we <laughs> felt a little bit. Scene in particular. Honest, yeah, going, chopping off yeah. the the homeless man's dick and then playing monkey in the middle with it. Yeah. With street trash, I don't even know. I might for it if I were to rewatch it. Oh, yeah. I don't know. But I'd have to see this movie made me think that I do like this kind of stuff a little more than I thought mm-hmm. because with street trash, I threw it. Cause I, it was at the time when we watched it, it was so new, right? Yeah. Like we'd saw nothing like that. And now that we've seen a little bit more trash, I, I think I might actually enjoy well, it. It, it was more. just a completely different zone of body horror, right? Yeah because, yeah. because it was kind of like campy, a little so explicit that it was, it was com- comic. Yeah. Um, but still took very dark and ominous tones at times, which this one doesn't really do as much. It's, no. it's pure comedy a lot of the time, whereas street trash did a lot more. Well, because even, to get even as a realms. horror movie, it's still like being a parody of horror movies yeah. in that sense. So, yeah. exactly. um, you know, that, that's what's kind of interesting about this. And especially as it pivots to like the death wish stuff where, which is, I, I mean, I guess it's sort it's sort of superhero because the, the villains, the criminals of the street criminals are all like cartoons. And that's what it reminded me of, of like him walking around being like, uh, I got to go kill me some criminals. And then there's like Jeff Goldblum with like a bandana being like, I got a rape today. Yeah. And you're like, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like a lot of the criminals in this are like, just like that, except even more cartoonishly. So like the guy who calls himself cigar face, it's like, <laughs> yeah. you're, about oh, to, you're going to find face. out why they call me cigar, cigar face. face. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he's just, he burns people's faces with cigars. <laughs> it's just like, I wonder how you got that name. It's a very yeah, innovative nickname. Uh, but but I heard a lot of this was actually kind of based on um, uh, EC Comics, which was called like Entertainment Comics, okay. which was known for doing a lot of uh, very, very pulpy, over-the-top comics and the horror, crime, fantasy, sci-fi kind of genres and stuff like that. Yeah. So uh, apparently, anyway, that's where they got a lot of inspiration for this. Um, I, I kind of wish like more people did comics that were weird like that. I feel like everything that comes out now is just, uh, I mean, this is technically a superhero movie too, but it's just yeah. kind of like you, you do feel like comics as an art form, you know, were doing, I mean, who knows, maybe I just don't read enough comics, but you feel like they were doing more interesting genre plays than we see yeah. now. Because like this, the fact that this actually had uh, a history of being in comic, this kind of content is pretty nuts. Like I feel like I just don't read a lot of horror comics. I guess maybe they're out there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I definitely have it. The only comics I've really read are the Mar- Marvel stuff. People that you know, most comic book readers have read. But all I'm saying is that more comic book stuff content could benefit from having people's noses getting ripped off and people being like Absolutely. thrown into barrels and then punched in the dick multiple <laughs> times. Um, or, you know, maybe having heads crushed together in very explicit ways. Um, you hear and then, that, and then having him try to like mop <laughs> yeah. them because like that part of his personality has stayed. So he like kills people and then tries to clean up the mess by like shoving a mop yeah, in their mops face. Their face after every death. Yeah. It's um, great. This, what, this a scene, lot of the comedy in this movie just comes from the toxic Avenger as a character, which I really, yeah. really love. Although yeah, I, I agree. I do got to say I was weirded out that he talks. Well, I was just going to say that, and I found it odd the way that they introduce the talking, because one, they change his voice, and then it's also an ADR, so you're not quite 
like at first he says something to the guy and he doesn't respond. So I'm like, can they hear him? Or was that like a inner monologue thing? Well, that, that was exactly what I was thinking. Like, yeah. it, it's, it's just like, this is just an inner monologue. He's just talking to himself clearly. Right. And then as the, the first goes, time he's like, no, Ma, it's me. <laughs> yeah. And then as the film goes, uh, I think it's when he meets the blind girl, he starts talking to her. He is actually talking to her. Yeah. And you're like, oh, they can understand him. And it, it was it was a very odd uh, uh, thing. Well, but, and, but the ADR and the voice choice, because he's got this almost like superhero classical yeah. superhero uh, Yeah, like voice. that's definitely the Very joke. funny. Just just that kind of uh, juxtaposition there. But it, it, it oh, was funny. Talk? What's that? Can we talk about the uh, the restaurant scene? Yeah, well, that's Absolutely. what I was getting yes, to next please. in my in so, my notes like, here. The because Toxic Avenger, shortly after his transformation, he starts to realize he's very strong. He's got like a lot of powers now, and so he kind of just starts using them for good. Uh, he and and not just like like typical superhero stuff. Like he helps old ladies with groceries and yep, stuff. Opening he, jars. <laughs> he's just a pillar of his community. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> One of the scene where like the community, the first scene where the community really starts to like accept this guy is when he liberates the taco restaurant from <laughs> the armed robbers. Which I love that they're you like we- Mexican food, little baby, <laughs> <laughs> shotgun in a baby's face, like, and then he's got a half painted face. What I love too is that their gang has not coordinated their costume at all. You know what I mean? Like, like the, the leader guy with the shotgun has like this half faced jester looking thing. The other guy is like a like a leather coat. He's Ninja like, guy. this is Leroy, the guy with the shotgun. He's like the Joker. Yeah. And then there's, like, I'm, every, I'm every Frank. Single, every single member of this gang is like from a different Kubrick film. <laughs> yeah. That's such a good way to put it, dude. Oh, man, that's hilarious. Yeah. Well, and then I, I also love the one where he's just like, and the guy the guy on cash over there with the, with the fast hands or whatever, that's Rico. And he's like, I'm Rico. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> Back in the good old days when, like, people, That's when they robbed you, they would at least tell you what their names are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They'd introduce themselves, you know? Be mm-hmm. formal about it. Yeah, and this is just cartoonishly violent. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because I, they are robbing the taco restaurant and keeping it hostage. Um, and one guy is like, I, I'm, I'm like, why don't you just take me hostage? And they were like, no. Just shotguns just him straight him. in the chest. They find a blind girl. They shoot her dog. Yeah, and they oh, attempt the dog to rape was the, the blind girl. Part of the movie for me. Oh, absolutely. And not not only that, it's like they they, they do the dog it. thing. They then show and not and then they go back to it. Which yeah, where is, the dog's like it's just an unnecessary like uh, shot that I know they threw in just to be like fuck you. Yeah. you know what I mean. And in a way, I respect that. <laughs> you know, but I can, was can like, I just say like the blind girl, the, her her makeup and style very on. Point point for someone who's blind i would say okay okay this is one thing i have to bring up on the show uh because i, I got to get my pop star reference in here okay um, yeah. th- this th- joke about the blind girl reminded me of incredible thoughts oh uh, yeah the song incredible thoughts because to me this whole the whole joke about the blind girl is what if a blind girl was actually hot like so like that that the whole time that's all I was thinking about was just like okay so like that's the joke I guess is just that she's just a really good looking blind girl yeah and that the the criminals want to rape the blind girl and then that's luckily when the toxic avenger gets there yeah they yeah. they don't get to rape her they don't get to no the toxic avenger comes in saves the day because he's a decent human being all right yeah he yeah. he liberates the 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 taco restaurant Another by thing? turning one guy's face into a sunday that was oh man that was unbelievable to watch uh, shoving another dude's hands into the deep fryer 
Yep. And then and what turning I love, Frank into a, a pizza? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what I love, too, is in the middle of him, like, killing the last guy, I think the dude starts saying, we were only kidding. We were only kidding. Yeah. And I'm just <laughs> yeah, like, he does say that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a funny just prank. A, dude, it's a prank, bro. <laughs> like, it was just like, that's hilarious just to throw that in. Yeah, I, we were only kidding. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, one of the parts where, like, I mean, I don't even really joke, know bro. what to think <laughs> of it. Can't take a joke? Yeah. I, I don't really know what to think of, like, this whole part of the movie, but, like, the blind girl immediately falls for the toxic Avenger. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the classic trope it. of, right. like, girl who almost gets raped is, like, immediately horny for her savior. The right. toxic Avenger. <laughs> the toxic <laughs> Avenger, yeah. Which, like, it's it's so stupid when you see it in this movie. Like, I feel like it has to be... Like, kind it, of yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah, like they're, they're being like, isn't this ridiculous or like, yeah. And then they're doing the whole, like, uh, I might be wrong on the reference here, but they're doing the whole like elephant man thing where they're, yeah. where, where she can't see him, but he, cause he's like grotesque or whatever. And, and he, <laughs> let and me touch like, you your face. Know. Yeah. Like, oh, I have acne. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. We, we also didn't get to mention that before he kills all of the uh, criminals, he engages in a fight with them. That is like martial arts fighting. Yeah, the guy where he a rips k- a dude's arm off. Another guy pulls out nunchucks. In the Mexican yeah, there's a katana. <laughs> I, I was also Culture curious why they had a Sunday maker at the taco restaurant. Yeah, yeah I guess just for specials. I assume. well, we'll get into culturally inappropriate katanas once we start talking about cannibal as well. I guess. Yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Neither of these movies are uh, beacons of cultural sensitivity. No, that's for sure. No. It oh, seems like they're uh, intentionally trying to of, piss you off. Speaking of which, though, both movies do feature a character ripping somebody's arm off and, and beating, beating them, them with it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's the commonality true. there. <laughs> yes. Uh, and I also wrote in my notes here, I forgot that they, they really try to hammer home the attempted rape by having the Frank guy be like, yeah, this is going to be nice. And then they come <laughs> yeah. back to him again being like, yeah, I can't wait. This is going to be nice. <laughs> and yeah. you're just like. Oh God! <laughs> what I love too is the the once again even the violence has like comedy because when he, that guy gets his arm ripped off, he's got a solid five seconds where he doesn't even realize that his arm's been ripped off, and he, he does a cartoonish. Yeah, he's like, oh what, <laughs> that kind of thing, and uh, yeah, it's just the the direction and and writing in this is absolutely just nonstop and and in your face, and and it seems like they do a lot of middle fingers to the audience on purpose. Yeah. Such as that, you know, yeah. the, the I exaggerated mean, it's, violence. It, it, and it's definitely trying to be to be grading. And yeah. there are times where honestly it did end up feeling that that way for me yeah. a little bit where I was kind of just like, OK, like I, I get the joke at this point, because I mean, I will say I was pretty I was laughing a lot, I will say, for the first half of the movie. And then the second half of the movie, I was like, OK, I kind of see where we are. And sure. I don't think that and I think a lot of the best stuff is kind of in the first half of the movie, like after the taco truck stuff sort of the back half where it's like the police trying to like hunt him down uh yeah. i i kind of got like a little bit less out of it i guess uh i mean there, I, there's I, a, there's the whole murder spree in the gym where he crushes his head with the weights the two eyes with the weights that was a great kill uh and then there's the girl he kills in the sauna by putting her butt on the on the hot rocks and being like what's his line he's just like Put your cheeks on these, some, or like I it's like, like something like hot ass, or yeah, hot ass, like or something like hot here's ass. some hot for your ass, yeah, it was something like that. And yeah, the, uh, it's him like getting revenge on the people who played the prank on him, right? As well as becoming a hero and like just helping the community, and then the mayor and the police trying to hunt him down and and 
uh, kill him, basically. Yeah. And also, one of the, the police chief is, like, a Nazi? Yeah, for which some was reason? funny, because in the first half when he was doing the voice, I just made a joke, like, oh, it, he's probably, like, a Nazi like or something. Ch- and then in the second half, they legitimately just start going, like, yes, Mount Fuhrer, and yeah. then doing yeah, the yeah, Nazi Yeah, he just starts calling the mayor the Fuhrer and... Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I thought it was funny and it was nice to kind of see it before and then have the, the joke land. But I also don't know if it was like entirely hilarious, you know? It, well, it, see, it, like the, that, that was the stuff that like fell flat for me. I was just okay. like, oh, OK. So it's just yeah, because it I mean, didn't it, fall it, completely flat. But I do understand what you're saying. It's just like a it's periphery a little, shock joke that doesn't yeah. actually come from the rest of the movie. Like it's yeah, kind of like on the, you. on the sidelines because the, I feel like they were just trying to do that, that cliched thing of like cops fascism, that whole thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So yeah. Like they, they, they have, they have like st- stems from that a little bit kind of. Right. Uh, but I mean, they also have jokes where like, there's just all these in the middle of like them all working out. There's just like a fat girl, like eating chocolate in the gym, like trying to run. Yeah. And yeah. you're like, Oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah. So for me, it was just like it was just low hanging fruit is kind of how I felt like it was. I was just like, OK, like I, I see why this is funny. Like I see the construction, mm-hmm. but Ooh, it's you, just you would not like poultry guys. Then. <laughs> it's even worse. <laughs> I don't know. For, for me, it just it didn't hit as hard as like the actual toxic Avenger uh, like crazy over the top violence comedy. Yeah, I think why it worked for me is it, I didn't feel like it was completely mean-spirited in the sense of like i've seen other comedies that try to do this and mm. it seems like the the writers themselves almost feel this way whereas i, I feel like this is a, you know complete satire and i right. don't think you know they're trying to get across any of these ideas or anything like right. that uh so that's why i could let it go and 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 laugh my ass off but i do see what you're saying completely yeah well i mean i, I think we'll talk about it a little bit more it just when we get in, for me more when we get into cannibal the musical because i I, yeah. I think that the comedy is just completely different and cannibal's comedy is a little bit more my speed in terms of the way sure. that it's just kind of like written because yeah, for me I, it was yeah. just kind of like there's no issue with me fundamentally about like what the the premise for this is and i think that actually because it looks and resembles a grindhouse film and it goes so over the top with it like that for me was what was mostly funny and shocking yeah was just like i I, feel like the comedy i've seen like a slasher i've seen like a superhero movie i've seen like a death wish style you know criminal movie so like seeing that stuff done to like the cart like a cartoon cartoonish you know over the top element like that stuff was the stuff that really worked for me yeah i will one of the funniest jokes for me was uh in the conclusion when uh, they like hunt the toxic avenger and his blind girlfriend down to the forest they like bring an entire army and like several tanks and they're all just pointed (laughs) at this little camping tent (laughs) yeah Yeah. and also the entire town shows up and yeah and everyone's just like hey the monster we're trying to kill is actually the guy who's been like he opened my jar yeah you can't shoot the guy who opened my jar (laughs) what if i need him to open a jar (laughs) who's gonna open my jar this is like the the political issue of the community who is going to open the jars yeah, and help the old ladies across the street yeah there's also a part the where the kids teens wearing the shirts like i love the monster hero yeah. right right oh did you just to because before this why they go after him is because he kills that lady in the washing machine or whatever i i think i missed the context of that because it does appear to me that she was innocent did i miss something in the previous scene that she was set up to be bad do you know what i'm talking uh, about yeah, I think the whole point is like the Toxic Avenger is starting to not really control himself as well. And he accidentally kills 
what oh. he thinks is an innocent woman, and then all the uh, all the bureaucrats are like, "Oh yeah, she he killed an innocent woman. They will use this to take her down." And like five seconds later, they're yeah, actually she was also a Nazi. So. <laughs> oh, okay, I missed that part. I missed the part where they confirmed that she was like well a because bad because it, it, it's I was confused. I'm like, oh shit, did he? Well, because she was she ended up being part of like the criminal ring in some capacity, right? Like this whole oh, thing is right. that he's he's getting revenge on all the people who pranked him, but he's also taking down criminals and like the mayor is connected to this like criminal ring in some capacity yeah yeah um and so he's kind of doing both and i think because he's killing teens like a slasher villain that's why the police and everyone is going after him yeah and and but he's also helping the town out by you know killing criminals and uh you know just generally doing you know public service like equalizer style yeah um (laughs) so i i think that that's like the main crux of everything okay um, yeah, I just missed that small detail, which mm. is crucial. So <laughs> yes, yes, but I mean, it, it is it is supposed to be that he is killing someone that he doesn't know was a criminal, though. right? Right, um, and that he's he's sort he of, just got lucky. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because at the end they're like, you know, you're fine, you can live on. So. Yeah, he's trying to get some hardcore uh, re- revenge though, and one of the things that I thought was kind of funny is when he he helps the old lady with her groceries, but then the teens, the hit and run teens, I'm just going to call them the hit and run teens. <laughs> yeah. They approach the old lady with her groceries and they just like sucker drive, punch her. <laughs> they just like sucker punch her to death. With like her own cane. It's, yeah. it's terrible. He's like, did you see her face when I punched her? <laughs> And I just oh, but then the car chase ensues. Right, and oh, the, the yeah. car chase is pretty. And his, his, once again, he has like a little bit of an excuse for why he's such a terrible person. And his is, I'm stressed, man. Yeah. I'm just a stressed person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> These like uh, explanations for their terrible acts in this film are, are just they make me laugh so hard. That's why I had to punch that old woman in the gut and <laughs> yeah, steal her car. Steal her car. <laughs> I mean, you know what else was I to do? I'm stressed. Being a teen ain't easy. <laughs> I got tests and shit, man. <laughs> <laughs> I got to get places. Yeah, but ultimately it all leads to that, the the big showdown where the tanks and the officers and everyone show up to this tent and the whole town's just like, you know what? I ain't going to shoot this guy. He seems like a nice guy. Yeah, exactly. And then, I, I and mean, then the extrajudicial murder of the mayor <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. punches his guts clean out of his body in front of the children, in front of everybody, and everyone's like, "Yeah, kill the mayor." <laughs> Which, like, up to that point, I'm pretty sure they just thought the mayor was just a normal mayor, right? right that's why. It's yeah, hilarious. like nobody knows he was involved in the criminal conspiracy. They were all just like, "Yeah, the mayor. We we don't agree about the extrajudicial murder of the Toxic Avenger." Uh, <laughs> And instead, he just extrajudicially murders the mayor <laughs> yeah. in return. And they're all like, yeah, we're fine with that, though. Like, that's that's OK. That's totally fine. <laughs> like <laughs> the military and all the mayor's lackeys are like, well, that worked itself out. Yeah, everyone <laughs> yeah. go home. I yeah. guess the Toxic Avengers just around now. Yep. Save the day when needed. And that's the end of the movie. <laughs> all and right. then And then we get another uh, uh, music drop with that Body Talks song, which mm-hmm. once again slams. <laughs> so body talks so it kind of takes so on 80s. a whole different meaning in the end doesn't it <laughs> yeah. yeah well i think we'll angle towards the reductive rating round on this one in final statements uh i'm gonna get you guys to go first on this one okay uh i'm gonna give it a four it honestly was a high four i i really really enjoyed this film um once again like it is very grotesque and in your face and aggressive and at times probably insulting to be honest but I'm, after watching these trash movies, when they do this, as long as they, they toe the line properly, I feel like I almost respect it. 
You know, like when they're doing all these mm-hmm. in-your-face, over-the-top, violent kind of shit. I felt like this movie, while balancing a very fine line, balanced it still mm-hmm. and and got across what it was trying to do. I I, you know, I knew it was satire from the moment it really started. I didn't see it as this, you know. Like it was trying to get across ideas, yeah, about yeah, exactly, crime or exactly, exactly. <laughs> and we really hope he wasn't trying to do that, but uh, but yeah, I just I thought it was absolutely hilarious. It actually reminded me of a of a newer show from uh, New Zealand or Australia called Danger Five, and I don't know if you've heard no, of Danger seen, Five, I seen Danger but it has this exact kind of tone where it's very in your face, very weird and goofy comedy, but mixed with like violence and. And uh, and I and it's just interesting because I've never seen this kind of tone besides that show. And now I'm okay. thinking that they probably gained a lot of influence from like trauma films and, and mm-hmm. things like that. So it was very interesting to see. Uh, but yeah, I'm gonna give it a, a high four, and I I'm gonna show this to quite a few people. This is kind of like a Red Spirit Lake thing for me, where I'm like I just want to show people how insane this is. So cool for you, Mitch. So I'm I'm feeling more along the lines of like a three and a half to maybe a four. I I, I really love, like I said, just the gratuity of it all, and, <laughs> and I I think the movie works best when it's just kind of just very accepting of the fact that it is just trash and yeah, like they are yeah. just going all out with it. Um, yeah, I wasn't really a big fan of like all the stuff with like uh, I I, th- I think they just got a little too. They played they played their hand maybe a little too hard with like the mayor stuff and uh, j- just uh, kind of uh, the way they handled a lot of like towards like the third act of the movie. Yeah, uh, I, I liked it better when it was just the I toxic feel like they kind of just ran teams. out of places to go. Yeah, yeah exactly. a little bit. I mean, and, and, and I will say though, like even though I'll agree with you guys, like the third act kind of fizzles a little bit. The eighty minute runtime really helps. You know right. what I mean? It's not. It doesn't like feel like I wanted movie, it to yeah. end. I was like, "Well, this is going to be done in five minutes," yeah. and I didn't have that feeling. I I was enjoying myself, but I think that eighty minute runtime definitely does help with that fizzle out a little in the second half. Right. Right. Well, for me, it's going to get the the three, but I think I'm going to lean a little bit towards the high three here. Cool. Um, so sort of similar to to Mitch there. Um, it's gonna it's gonna be interesting to bring it up in in comparison to Cannibal because I mm-hmm. I it's gonna be interesting definitely about different because, styles of comedy well because I laughed a lot more at Cannibal than I laughed at this which really? was weird for me oh okay uh, because I know that both of you guys didn't uh, seemingly I don't think had quite the same reaction I definitely um, like enjoyed the comedy but I felt like it was Trey's. Uh, he was forming it. You know what I mean? Yeah. He was getting to the, the point where he was. <laughs> no, that's really definitely. Yeah, we'll definitely get yeah, into that yeah, when we, yeah. when we get into that one. For sure. But I, I guess for me, like I really appreciated the sort of like genre parody, uh, like shock splatter content that it really went for. And I think that when it did it successfully, um, like it was, it was genuinely shocking. Like I felt it like again, yeah. when that kid gets his head run over, like it's <laughs> yeah. so gratuitous and so, inherently like absurd the idea that yep. teens would get you know like uh and be happy re- about rebellious it. fun out of like crushing a 12 year old skull yeah. and taking pictures of it right. like like that to me was where i kind of felt the most like absurd humor uh yeah. that, I, that i thought actually had like a cinematic effect on me yeah uh whereas in comparison some of the more kind of like just like the broader like plotting and character writing as the movie kind of like unfolds felt to me like it was again kind of just like a little bit like low hanging a little bit like yeah. crude and gratuitous but you know but and, and it's hard to also you know 
you know, fault it for that because it's what it's doing. Right. Yeah. Um, like it, it's yeah. literally just what the point of this movie was. And I guess for me that that comedy just isn't like, I, I it feel, doesn't hit you as hard I, as I, I just, I feel the, me- like the mechanics on it. I feel someone going, sure. isn't this shocking? Isn't this silly? Okay. Isn't yeah. this? And for me, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's ultimately my response to that okay. um whereas it didn't get as much like genuine chuckles out of me as i would have expected but to be fair there's so many jokes in this movie like, like, <laughs> yeah. like that that's maybe like one quarter of the jokes for me like a lot of these yeah. jokes did land for me overall Absolutely. um and some of them you know it, it it just felt to me i guess that they were like kind of like throwing shit at the wall and some of it landed and some of it didn't mm-hmm. um and, you know, th- I'd say the majority of it, though, definitely landed. And uh, I, I got to say the the makeup that they do and the actual sort of grindhouse parodies are pretty convincing. Yeah, I, I mean, also I, love that burnt I, I tutu can, that can, he has on the whole time. And this is why I think, because you brought up at the top of the show the idea that people are being like, this is a bad movie. Yeah. I think it's because it's such a convincing genre parody that I think yeah. some people might watch it not realizing it that it's a parody. Yeah, I agree. Um, so I think people yeah. who aren't as familiar as we are with slasher films or with stuff like that don't realize that how intentionally campy this is and i think that that's that's why it could have a reputation of people being like this is bad but i'm like well yes but it is it's trying to be bad and it's accomplishing it with a you know uh you know a, a real sense of uh deliberate comedy at the same time so yeah I think people are laughing at it and being like, this is stupid. And I'm, and I'm, and I'm like, do you know who would agree with you? Probably the, the director. And writer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that, uh, I think that'll wrap it up for toxic Avenger. Uh, we're going to be right back and we're going to be talking cannibal, the musical. <laughs> Gross Packer. In the tradition of Friday, the 13th part two and Oklahoma comes the first intelligent film about cannibalism. (laughs) (laughs) What the hell kind of language is this? I don't know, just keep laughing. (laughs) I was on top of you All the guys I just got to know All right, we are back and we are talking Cannibal, the musical, originally known as Alfred Packer, the musical. But Lloyd Kaufman, when he uh, got the rights to the film, he asked him to change it because he said not enough people outside of Colorado territory (laughs) would know who Alfred Packer was. Yeah. Because he was a real person. Uh, The film is a 1993 uh, American uh, indie black comedy horror musical film. (laughs) <laughs> yep, lots of genres. Directed, written, produced, co-scored, and starring one Trey Parker. Yeah. Uh, also co-starring Matt Stone, obviously the two uh, famed comedians behind the show uh, South Park. I'm burping. Look at me go. Um, <laughs> Maybe I'm getting in the it. South Park zone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but they made this film while they were studying at the University of Colorado. And apparently, I guess for school, they made like a two or three minute trailer of some sort. And oh, for this? For the, well, they, they made like a pair, like they were like, this is a fake movie. Here's a okay. trailer for a fake movie. Right. It was and like then, a little project they did because they were in uh, the film school department together. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
and then uh, they ended up, uh, people basically said that that's awesome. You should make that into a real movie. So they did. They raised $125,000. Wow. They apparently used classmates from the film school and from, they also said they, I think they said they took them some from the history department and everything. So wow. they had to, awesome. in the Japanese department. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. We can't forget about those guys. Uh, but uh, loosely, the film is the story of the real life Alfred Packer. Uh, and the uh, details of their uh, the expedition that he led of miners from Utah to Colorado, which ended up leaving uh, five of the six travelers either dead or partially eaten along the road. Um, Very important to note the details according to Alfred Packer. Like this is like a direct translation of Alfred Packer's own defense. Oh, okay. it's, it's not it's almost certainly not what happened in fact <laughs> these days uh it's it's pretty much accepted that alfred packer definitely did that shit oh really so yeah so. They, so they think that he he was the one that killed every single person and wow. not oh, okay wow yeah like so the, the the one that they pitch the basically this movie opens with trey parker as alfred packer murdering and eating all of his uh fellow compatriots yeah. uh, to, to a very like horror movie-esque theme like yes well and and, and one thing shot. that should be noted the a big difference between these movies is that uh toxic avenger had a bigger budget and they had film stock they had makeup uh a lot a lot more of a makeup budget um yeah. so cannibal the musical is shot on video which is yeah, funny that funny. we just did shot on video horror last year. So for the first time, too, yeah, for the first the time half, we had yeah. never seen a shot on video horror film. And we just talked about it last week um, yeah. or two weeks ago, I guess. One very funny kind of thing that you can compare these two movies on is while toxic Avenger opens up saying like this movie contains extreme violence, cannibal, the musical opens up. This says. All the violent, the violent scenes, scenes have been cut scenes out. In this scene <laughs> have then, been removed for your viewing pleasure, and then immediately just like a series <laughs> of violent murders. Yeah. Oh, that was great. And yeah. it also, it's kind of that, like what we were saying before. It's kind of that uh, starting to see Trey's <laughs> humor. You know that that kind of. Uh, I don't know what it is. It's like that setup where it's almost the film format is the joke. There, you know, he's setting it up where it's like. You, you, there's no violence in this film. It's all been cut out, and then instantly just throw you. Cut into to Trey all of Parker it. like <laughs> ripping a dude's tongue out, yeah, and like, yeah. uh, you know, uh, like biting into a dude's esophagus <laughs> and ripping it out. Right? And I think I think one of the major things that has permeated throughout Trey Parker's entire career is that he kind of just embraces the shittiness of his own productions. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, like South Park, the the most famous example is just like little cardboard cutout animation. Yeah, they uh, had really shitty was animation scary. for the longest time, even after the show was making money and they could have. Yeah, for like the it. first three seasons, <laughs> it's just crude and and pretty brutal and in that regard. Team America was just like marionette puppets where you can't really make them do anything that a human would do, <laughs> yeah. and it just looks completely stupid. And this, the first example of it all, I think, is uh, Cannibal the Musical, where like. Trey Parker describes his uh, moments in film school as very like they were kind of the only dudes in the entire department who were interested in comedy. And so they were very much able to use that to their advantage because back then every independent movie looked like shit. You couldn't make a good looking student film back then. Yeah. 
and they were just well, kind no, of well, because, because film like, film was expensive. It's I mean it still is. Yeah, but, exactly. But film was incredibly but, expensive, and and consumer technology at this point was video. Right. Yeah. We didn't so, have these super HD 4K cameras that you could just buy at Walmart or whatever. Yeah. So. People are shooting films on their iPhones now. Right. They yeah. Look, exactly. They look but passable. Like, so yeah. While other people were like still like trying and failing to make like these very dramatic pieces where like perfection is kind of like what sells those movies. Trey Parker got out of the gate with a huge advantage right away because he was doing comedy and in comedy you can kind of get away with things being shitty because it's part of the joke. Yeah. Yeah. And he, and he does that uh, with the film uh, quite often. Well, and, and it's also interesting because you can also see the cartoon sensibility there already there. Yeah. Because he uses that to his advantage to be like, this is so clearly not real that watch me do things that don't make sense. Yeah. You know, like yeah. like like all of his sets look so fake. All of the costuming <laughs> is so like he clearly stole them from like a high school drama department. Like yeah. like it's just like like this has like very like very the, the little production value of any kind thing. oh yeah and, 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 and it's slapped on beard too like well yeah. and when it first starts out like when he's uh in, in the courthouse and stuff like that like it's so clearly just like taped on <laughs> yeah you can see it the tape like holding like on the beard. Disguise, yeah. you know <laughs> yeah so uh, this definitely has but it all works because it just makes it funnier exactly. well yeah because yeah, it, exactly. it's all very sloppy intentionally in a way that's more obvious than toxic avenger yeah um yeah and for me, honestly, it just kind of added to the charm. Like you can tell that this is just, you know, film students putting on a passionate project. Yeah. Um, and it also lends itself also to comedy. Like, I don't, uh, the, the jokes themselves seem more like uh, just actual jokes with a setup and punchline. Whereas a lot of the jokes in a toxic Avenger were just kind of like punching you in the face with its aggression. And that was what was funny. Whereas this one has a lot more jokes, like, yes, jokes. I think, I, and I think that was, uh, one of the main distinct, uh, distinctions for, for me when it came to yeah. the comedy is that you could see the craft of comedy on display in the writing, Yeah, but this is a much more, uh, accomplished film as just a screenplay. Like you, like the jokes yeah. are in there and in the conception of this story. Yeah. And, you know, uh, and I, I will say like some, some didn't land for me, but mm. I think it's all, what was interesting in seeing them was that I could tell that they were the beginnings of, of things I've seen later on in like South Park and stuff where he, he found his footing and, and, and got better at timing and, and things of that nature. Yeah. So. Well, and, and you can see that they're already interested in the idea of like Colorado is so small and weird. Yeah. And, like, yeah. Uh, you, you can see, uh, you know, some of the voices that they're trying out would eventually become South Park voices. Yeah. You hear Cartman's voice at like one singing one of the songs at one point. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But I, I just felt like there was a lot more wit to this movie than there was uh, Toxic Avenger overall. Like when we were getting into yeah. individual construction of even even just songs, like the songs are really funny. Yeah, I really. Yeah. Yeah. I really enjoyed the song, especially the the, the big theme one with the, the big potato day. Oh, yeah. whatever. Yeah. I love I loved that line. His, Every his, time they his 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 heart is full like a baked, a baked potato. potato and the his way that the note envelops potato. and it goes up and everything. It's <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and, and I think, like, the main humor here is meant to come from, this is obviously, like, this could be a really dark horror movie premise, like, yeah. a cannibal story like this, and that he takes it with, like, a really sloppy <laughs> uh, student comedy, like... Yeah, like Oklahoma. Footage. Yeah, like Oklahoma. Well, I mean, he literally references Oklahoma, because, I mean, I think they say that, 
they made this movie in, in the 1954, 50s. yeah. Right. And that it was, you know, it, it, because of the success of Oklahoma, it was never released. They postponed it, yeah. <laughs> so you're just That's seeing it for the first right time away. now. Uh, and yeah, I mean, it, it really has that, uh, that vibe to it. Um, and uh, just a sense of actual, like, wordplay. Mm-hmm. That also happens in this one as well. Um, I mean, I, I most of my notes, honestly, for this are just like individual jokes and lines. Yeah. So I had a lot of that too. Yeah. Like I just had a really great, great time with this, and we we looked it up too because uh, there was there's a part where uh, they even lines of dialogue and uh, that he was writing have a kind of like musical rhythm to them because that's just the way that Trey Parker writes sometimes. Yeah. yeah there's um, such melody in it. Yeah, well, and there's there's one where he's just like, uh, I forget what he's asking about his horse, Leanne. I love everything about the horse, Leanne, is amazing. Yep. Um, so can I get into the backstory of that a little bit? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. So the reason he names the horse Leanne is the same reason he names Cartman's mother Leanne in South Park is because at the time he was engaged to be wed, actually. And uh, his his wife, like just weeks before the wedding or his bride to be weeks before the wedding, uh, left him for another man, uh, revealed to him. He was cheating on him all along. So now he named the cheating horse in his movie, Leanne (laughs) (laughs) Cartman's mom, who who, the whole joke is that she's a filthy whore throughout the entire series. That's how you get revenge <laughs> right there. Yeah. And like in the commentary for Cannibal the Musical, like they do like a drunk and high comedy where they just smoke weed and drink beer the entire time. <laughs> and at one point he lets it slip just like, oh, well, now I'm worth seven million dollars and she's married to the manager of Foley's. <laughs> <laughs> oh, long live Trey. Bitter, bitter revenge on that one. Yeah, that's <laughs> hilarious. Yeah, a little bit. But, but it's also really funny because so funny. like – uh, the way that it ties into the, you know, just the implied relationship of Westerns of cowboys and their horses and oh, the way yeah. that he talks about Leanne like, on top of her. I've never been happier. Yeah. Something. Like, like with, with flowery language as if he's talking romantically. Right. Um, that it, joke, that joke just never got old for me. Like yeah. every single time it came up, like when he's in the jail cell and he's talking about, you know, t- just, just bring up Leanne, talk about Leanne and he'll get talking. It's like, she had beautiful brown hair. Yeah, and she was almond eyes, pointy ears. Yeah, <laughs> as in, yeah. Uh, a, something I also a big bushy tail or whatever. Yeah, something yeah. I also like. And is she's when, like, what? When <laughs> they develop the uh, like, they do a lot of like callback to those jokes. So yeah. the joke's already like well written and really good, but then they'll do a callback to to add a layer to it. Like with that, like I I uh, I'm happy when you're on top of me. Line oh, yeah. later, the reporter says it to Trey. Yeah, as if she's saying it to him. Like you'd be yeah. on top of me, and I just I like that he does a lot of that call and response stuff as the as the uh as yeah, the film he, goes on with he's the constantly music. creating like uh, a lived-in universe for the jokes yeah and then yeah having them constantly come back because they're based on character right. and i mean this is just something that you know as as much as you know south park has had like ups and downs one thing that's been consistent with south park is that trey parker just has a very um, like he has a very tried and true writing style of just yeah. constantly moving things along and constantly making sure that there's no like just something that they slapdash through in. You know, it's yeah. something that he need. Like if he comes up with a joke, he's going to commit to that joke. Yeah. Um, and 
I mean, for, for me, it just, it really works every single time it came up. Like everything, like to, to tie in the idea of, wouldn't it be funny if a cowboy was, you know, romantically Literally intimate in with, his, with horse. his horse? Yeah. Um, yeah. But then to actually investigate those feelings of his character being betrayed by that horse. Yeah. Like <laughs> cheated on. And yeah. Like, like that's just, that's just so funny. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, like, like some, I feel like, I guess if I saw that same joke in Toxic Adventure, it would be like they threw in the joke and then they moved past it and they just threw it at the wall and they were like, hopefully a couple people laughed at it. Whereas like yeah. that joke in here is, you know, it, it's part of the core of his character and the film. Sure. And they really commit to it. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's, and then it, it's even funnier because you're already geared to find that joke funny. Yeah. And then, and then though you're seeing him investigate tropes of someone who, you know, is feeling romantically betrayed. And I mean, he even takes, there's actually one, I would genuinely call this a beautiful shot in the movie. It's a silhouette blue night of him leaving the saloon. And the, you can see Leanne, the horse is completely blacked out only with like a blue shadow around, around oh, okay. her. And it's him feeling like, he's lost his horse and walking away. And like in another movie, that's just like a really dramatic moment where the cowboy finally just, he lets go. Yeah. And in here, and that's just it, is that like the actual style is there for that to be the moment, but it's tied into an entire movie of you watching him like sing an 80s love ballad about how, uh, of, of euphemisms about possibly having sex with a horse. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, so like those two things just connect in your mind together. And I mean, it helps that it's clear that Trey Parker just like really loves movies and how they work and, you know, uses a lot of tropes and subverts them in interesting ways. So... Mm. That for me was like the high point of uh, of of this this movie. Even if there are jokes that it, this is the one of the more unfortunate parts of this is, is sometimes sometimes there's a joke that he hits and it's not that funny. Yeah, and he still commits to it, which yeah. I yeah, respect. Yeah, yeah. Which is yeah, <laughs> it's like I got respect for you, absolutely. But then but then are, every time it comes up, which, which for me, I will say I think that also though that the the problems with some of those jokes is just that they're very dated at this yeah, point. Yeah. I've heard them so many times and they've been uh, used in different ways so many times that he's doing it at its like core you know level where it's just being kind of uh, created. Yeah, and so we've seen it advanced versions of all these jokes and so seeing it at its like bare bones kind of thing yeah will work for me at times and then other times i'm just like it's good it's just i've i'm past it you know what i mean right right yeah. i feel like the movie in general would also be a lot funnier if like you were from colorado and you grew <laughs> up knowing the legend of alfred packer you mean colorado yeah. territory Colorado Territory. Yeah. Um, I, I like take a shot literally every time they say Colorado Territory in this movie. Yeah. He's just like, we've made it. We're in Colorado Territory. Oh, you know Colorado Territory? We're, that where we just You're from Colorado Territory? Yeah. Oh, because Colorado wasn't a state yet. It yeah. Was a- right. And that's actually an important part of the movie is that it's not a state. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, but, but I mean, the majority of the movie is just him walking around with uh, a bunch of miners who are looking for a gold mine in Colorado, but they are in Utah. A lot of them are Mormons. They they got to go to Breckenridge. Yeah, they got to Breckenridge. Um, (laughs) I would say just speaking of the the Mormons, the way that they have the one guy start to snap, like, because they have that guy murder everybody, at least in in this film. 
Uh, maybe yeah. not the true story, but the the guy that the snowman thing yeah. is just one of the funniest <laughs> fucking songs I've ever heard in my life, and I will say that that joke landed so hard for me. Like uh, he does the tap dancing in the snow, in the snow. Which, like it shouldn't make a tapping sound at all. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's brilliant, and just the song itself. It's like there's one. Uh, I I can't remember the line. It's it's something to do with. Uh, it's like we're gonna make him. Make him tall. Maybe we'll make him not so tall. Like, it's <laughs> yeah. just like the writing we can of it name is him very... Bob, or we can name him Beowulf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's he. He does this thing where you think the lyrics are going to go one way, but then he just kind of hard cuts it and makes it a joke, and it's very well done. Yeah. No, there's oh, there, there's definitely a lot of that in that movie. Mm-hmm. It actually reminds me another thing that's permeated throughout Trey Parker's entire career his fascination with Mormons. <laughs> yeah. Yes, for real. From beginning to, I mean, he's still doing Mormons, right? So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I mean, I guess if you live on the border of Colorado and Utah, you probably engage with a lot of see Mormons. It, yeah. I guess. You see it a lot. Maybe he went yeah. to Utah a lot as a kid. Well, actually, uh, I, I'm, I am just like a walking encyclopedia on all things. Trey Parker. Uh, <laughs> he says his, his first girlfriend in high school was a Mormon. And uh, he kind of had to, like, learn a lot about the Mormon cultures, just, like, going over for, like, Mormon family dinners with his girlfriend and stuff like that. Okay. So I'm sure just with his mindset, he's like, I could really make fun of this. <laughs> well, 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 and again, he, I, I think, though, he, he has a genuine appreciation for, like, the optimism of Mormons. And oh, the, absolutely. Because, um, even like, in that South Park episode, they paint them as, like, you know, just heavenly people. You know, like, yeah. absolute. Even though we, we all think their ideas might be a little dumb sometimes. Dumb, 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 dumb. Yeah, but they, but, but yeah. they, they, they live, they live <laughs> like, lives that you wish that they could. That, you know, he's yeah, like, they're yeah. happy. They're and happy, they found something that works okay. for them. And they're helping people, so yeah, it's yeah. He, uh, Trey Parker did a movie. Respect. Trey Parker did a movie uh, a few years after this one called Orgasmo. I yeah, uh, I've heard of it. which um, the entire plot of Orgasmo is uh, this uh, Mormon missionary gets into porn <laughs> and becomes like a porn superhero. Oh, that is incredible. <laughs> is it is it similar to like the comedy of like basketball things like that? Well, basketball notably is not a Trey Parker movie. They uh, Trey and Matt oh, it just, just started it. Oh, okay. uh, basketball is a Zucker Brothers film. The guys that made uh, Airplane and uh, right, Naked Gun. Right. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I like when they're in the early mining stuff and the the Mormons are there being like, we got to move on to the next place or whatever. Who knows? Colorado Territory. Yeah. Like, Didn't you say you were from Colorado Territory? It's like, I've been there like once. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I also love the little joke. Like, once again, it's it's uh, it, it's such Trey Parker's humor. They name the guy Lucky Larry oh, and then Lucky he gets Larry. hit yeah. by lightning. <laughs> it's, like, it's just such a, it's almost an obvious joke, but there's, there's a charm to that in a way. Well, like, and, and, and again, the way that he moves the joke along yeah. is that y- you watch them carry the Lucky Larry's charred corpse <laughs> yeah, over. It's yeah. like still on fire. Yeah, it's like, still on and fire. Then I think he says, are you okay? No, yeah, he's like, like, is he going to be all right? Is he going to be okay? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then they just stare at him. Yeah. Yeah. So They're like, yeah, dude, for sure. <laughs> oh, uh, while we're on the subject of them all uh, in the mind together there, one of the, uh, one of the fathers of one of the characters is played by legendary avant-garde filmmaker Stan Brakhage. Oh, <laughs> oh nice. yeah, yeah. Awesome. Stan, Stan Brakhage at the time was teaching film theory in the film department at the University of Colorado, and was, according to Trey in the commentary, he was the only professor in the entire film department who supported 
the production of this movie. Everyone else was like, yeah, don't make this movie. <laughs> but that's Stan, awesome. Stan, Stan, Stan Brackage is awesome. Because it's funny, he was in something else that we watched recently, too. He was a cameo. Someone else brought a movie where he was a cameo. On oh, that. yeah, I, can't I think remember what Carl, it is uh, Steve mentioned it, I think. Yeah, he might have. I can't remember exactly, but yeah, that's interesting. But yeah. Stan Brackage was basically like, because... Uh, uh, Trey was like really dour at the time because it didn't look like the movie was going to get made. They were short on funding and they were just like, well, we're just going to wait out until like spring to make the movie. And Stan Brackage was the one that convinced him to make it. He's like, no, no, no. If, if you if you put off this movie, you're never going to make it. I promise you. Like, go make the movie. And Trey was grateful enough. He gave him a cameo in the movie. That's awesome. Where, where he's, he's like wearing like a cowboy hat that's like way too small for his head. <laughs> <laughs> And what, once again, what which character did he play? He played uh, the father of uh, Dean Bashar's character, the the character who just wants to get laid. Right. Okay. He was just like, "Oh, go on, then break your mother's heart." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that. That's. Uh, I mean, a lot of the guys are 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 pretty funny. I like the song where they're talking about all we want is this. Like, that's one guy's like, "All I want is to be rich." One guy's like, "All I want is to get laid." And then yeah. Later, yeah, they do a reprisal where they're all, all tired as shit. Live. All I want is to like eat food not and not die. be frozen. <laughs> all I want is to eat food and not die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Once again, doing and, that great like callback thing. He's very good at that, especially with the music cues, which was the most impressive part. Right. Of that well, because the, the music is so like animated and lively and joyful. Yeah. And then obviously, again, the content of the film gets very, very grim and yeah. And, and, and speaking well, that's, of the- that's a staple of almost every single musical that's ever been made is at some point the characters have to sing about what they want. Yeah. It's, it's right. in every single musical, I and, swear. And, and a lot of them just want to have a spadwinkle day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The little mermaid wants to be part of your world. Uh, bell wants to be, you know, something more books, than this provincial some, something life. Something about books. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, Sorry, I, I just got to get this line in. Uh, a horse is a horse, of course, of course. Of course. A horse is a horse. Literally paused it. I was like cackling. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> and they really timed it out well, too. The pacing of Another, it was really good. Because, 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 because yeah, he's, he's like, I forget what question he's asking about Leanne, but they're just like, do you think that like Leanne, oh, he's like, do you really think that Leanne is like a trapper horse? Because there's a hilarious subplot about like the trappers. The, the miners are the nerds and the geeks and the trappers are the jocks. Which, by the way, I think the I love Trappers. the Trapper song. I was just going to say, yeah, I think it might be my favorite awesome. song. And what I and love at the end of it is when they have that musical theory fight. <laughs> yeah. They're all singing like, no, about the below F. Like, and then, like, oh, it's e flat, flat, good. Solidian e, scales or something? E flat minor <laughs> is F sharp or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and every single person is it's like, no, it's six octaves it. down. <laughs> it's so good. It'd be and like a raise 16. the music too. It's, oh, it's fantastic. But I, I love the bit because, and I, I guess this line, this uh, horse is a horse, of course, of course, or whatever, uh, comes from uh, uh, some sort of like 60s sitcom called Mr. Ed, which is apparently about some sort of talking horse or something like that. Oh, okay. But just how it fits into the dialogue, because they're just having a conversation about this horse. And he's just like, do you really think like this, my, like Leanne is a trapper horse? And they're like, no, a horse is a horse. And the one guy's like, of course. And then he's like, 
of course. Like, I agree. <laughs> yeah. And then they continue the conversation. And that's and it. Nobody done. acknowledges it or anything. Right. And I love the pacing because it seems like they're almost about to, like, break, break into, into a song, into song or yeah. something. Right. It's, it's, it's fantastic. Another part where they do that, where it's uh, they kind of do a fake out. Is when they get uh, deeper into the the forest and the the killings start happening. Yeah, well, and ev- everyone's getting super pissed at him because he obviously has been to Colorado territory once, and he was like, "Yeah, it'll take three weeks," and now it's taken like three months. Three months <laughs> they're out of food, and yeah, <laughs> they've already killed a man and eaten him. Which, by the way, is hilarious when they're like holding the dead, scooped out head body of the guy. <laughs> well, well, I, I, I love that it's shots of. Like them eating like chopped up pieces and being disgusted, and the sound design is gross when they're like, yeah. <laughs> and then Matt Stone, and then Matt Stone has, has a whole leg. <laughs> what I love too is it's like, the fuck first, you. <laughs> there's a frame of him eating an entire arm, and then it cuts to somebody and cuts back, and he's got and a he's leg. eating a foot. Yeah, so he's like taking <laughs> another body part. <laughs> <laughs> they, they wake up the next morning and they're all like noticeably horrified. And Matt Stone's like, is there any more swan left? I'm yeah, breakfast. I, I want breakfast. <laughs> oh, it's, it's so good. But the, the one part with the, the music cues again was when he, that guy that he tries to kill keeps coming back. And oh, he's yeah. trying to break out in the song, <laughs> yeah. but he keeps coming back and interrupting him. And they'll have like three seconds of the song start, and then the guy will pop up back for the fourth yeah, time. Yeah, because, because it'll, it'll be like the big emotional song where he's like, what have I, I done? done? Yeah. <laughs> and then he continually keeps doing that thing that he's questioning in the song. And it's, oh, it's fantastic. Yeah, because he's, he's like, he's regretful that he's had to kill, so many. murder someone, basically. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. yeah, the guy just keeps coming back to life like a slasher villain, basically. Yeah, he, just, takes, <laughs> he takes the stick in the eye, uh, like a, a hatchet, ha- to, a the hatchet, face. In the a hatchet face, to the face, a pickaxe, a pickaxe with the heart. to the chest, a pickaxe to the heart. <laughs> and yeah. it's all just sticking out of him. Oh, it's, <laughs> oh, it's so over the top. I think it's, a, this is an important time as ever to reiterate. This is the events according to Alfred Packer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, like for sure, dude. For sure. Like the whole the whole story is the story he's telling uh, the reporter <gasps> character, uh, right. Polly Pry. Yeah, right. Because th- this is his. This is literally his defense uh, versus yeah. versus what the prosecutor has said was the actual cry, which was the opening scene of him just like devouring everyone ruthlessly. Yeah, actually, um, all and of and, and again, as we mentioned uh, from the last segment, ripping a dude's arm off and beating another dude to death with it. Absolutely. Worth One fun fact is all of the courtroom dialogue is taken from like actual courtroom transcripts. Oh my god! Really? Yeah. yeah, and the judge is also played by Trey Parker's father, Randy Parker. Yes, his dad's name is Randy. Oh, that's awesome! <laughs> that's oh really funny. I love that he's also playing cards while yeah, everyone while, while the prosecutor's <laughs> giving his passionate case to yeah. the jury. He's just building a house. There's of always cards. those little subtle things in this movie. There's always subtle little background stuff that he just adds in for the sake of a subtle gag. And another, I another neat thing uh, in in the credits, if you watch the credits, it says that uh, the character of Alfred Packer is credited to the actor uh, Juan Schwartz. Yeah. Instead of being credited to Trey Parker. Uh, that's because um, Alfred Packer, while he was running from the law, went under the pseudonym John Schwartz. So it's just a playoff of that. Okay. <laughs> I, I love the courtroom bits because I love that smash cut from him uh, 
like taking the guy's like I don't know if it's like intestines or something that he's holding up in the air and he's just like ah like he <laughs> ripped his tongue out of his yeah throat. he ripped his tongue out and <laughs> yeah. then it, and then it cuts to the prosecutor in the same shot doing that with like his tie yeah um and then it just it's a shot of the courtroom which again it 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 looks like it's just like the like law school fake courtroom that they have there oh it's yeah. it's the it's literal the courtroom like the that they set in Stafford Packerin oh is it actually it yeah. looks so fake yeah it did I don't know maybe it's just the the video shot footage. Maybe yeah, that's possibly. It that helps that. And also populated with all of that. these people in these costumes, and I, I just love <laughs> yeah. that the crowd reaction is just, oh, gross. <laughs> yeah. uh, and uh, later, when the judge sentences him to death, everyone's like, "Yeah, get him or whatever." And then there's a shot of the judge just being like very stoic, like, "Yeah, sentence him to death." And then it cuts back to the judge, and he's like doing like it looks like he's doing the fucking soldier boy or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I love I, one of my favorite tracks in the movie. Actually, definitely my favorite song in the movie, Hang the Bastard. Oh, yeah. because oh, it's so that's yeah, I love it because it was so positive it's, and upbeat. It's the group musical song, right. too. Like, yeah. it's, it's, it's the so, video. where the entire company comes together and sings the song. Right. And it's so triumphant and uplifting. But they're literally singing about like hanging a guy for <laughs> sport or not for sport, but for like entertainment value. Yeah, yeah. It's great. Now, what about, did, what was the, I don't think I really quite got the joke or the over, the overarching joke of, uh, the, the Indians and the Asian guys. Yeah. I, was it just, was it just, was it just like, was it just Trey going like, they're just, Trey they're Parker, just Asians because so it's funny. Like, is that all it was? Like pretty much. Oh, okay. Trey, Trey I, did, I will say I in, found, uh, go ahead, in university, Trey Parker's major in university was Japanese. His whole plan was like, if uh, if the whole filmmaking business uh, didn't work out, then he was just going to move to Japan and uh, teach English. Oh, uh, okay. So all of those Japanese people were from the Japanese department. Okay, and in the what, university, I, I will say I really liked the the chief. Like I thought he was very funny. I just didn't understand what he was doing with the overall joke. Like I. I is there is that the joke? Is it just that the, the, they're Asian the joke? And- the joke is that they come upon native a native tribe and they think that and they're just like, oh, this is a native tribe I've never seen before. But they're like and, speaking Japanese and wielding katanas, <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> right. Like like and, his, his, his and, I mean, I, I guess the joke is that the I, mean, it, I thought it, it was funny is I that the, the Japanese I, have culturally appropriated like native culture yeah, and they're being like, like they look do at have all teepees, these teepees oh, okay. we have because we are Indian, <laughs> right? Right. Yeah, so like that that's basically the joke and it it, it is like it is I mean it's funny because I'm a bad person mostly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I I enjoyed it for what it was. I just didn't. I I love that Ian Bashar's character is like really horny for the chief's daughter. Yeah. <laughs> and at one point he's just like, yep, 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 yep. Like, <laughs> and, and at one point you can hear him jingle his keys in his pocket. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Oh man. Yeah. So, and, and, and I will say that there, there, there's just, I don't know. I found that there was just like a lot of like comic spontaneity to, to this one, but also yeah. commitment to it, which is why, yeah. cause like the, the, the Japanese native stuff, like I didn't find it like all of it very funny. I found a yeah. couple particular moments funny. 
Yeah, me too. But again, he's got to like keep like, and then obviously the chief's got to come back later and yeah, be part of the big finale th- where, he, where, 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 where he decapitates the uh, prosecutor. Is it the prosecutor he decapitates? He, he, he decapitates the, the prosecutor. The and then he, the, oh, the trapper. Oh, right, right. And then he, and then he decapitates the horse because <laughs> he's like, fuck <laughs> this cheating Trey horse. Parker's like, you know what? <laughs> fuck this cheating horse. <laughs> yeah, you know what? You can have her. Yeah. And then you hear him <laughs> so off he just screen cut the head off. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I did really like the trappers and how they were constantly in kind of like a masculine off with the trappers and that in his dream he's having like a a macho fight with him but like they're having a ballet dance it's off. a ballet scene. yeah <laughs> yeah it's like ballet interpretive dance like. and with the obvious stunt double at times too where yeah. they fully yeah. they fully just show his face and they don't give a shit <laughs> yep <laughs> and like, it adds to it like honestly. they show this guy doing like these amazing ballet moves yeah, like split, it's not splits. trey parker yeah. but then like partway through like a spin like trey parker will like land oh, it and it'll be yeah. his face and he'll be like <laughs> he'll be so nailed it yeah so determined <laughs> Another one of my favorite, this is totally a random moment, but one of my favorite jokes in the movie, they're just walking along and uh, he's like, watch out for that bear trap. What? And he just steps, <laughs> steps in the, the bear, bear trap. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of really, really good just like... Physical gags. Yeah, well, and just like single jokes too that just like... They, that <laughs> I like, like, you know what they say about sunrises? <laughs> <laughs> and just walks away. <laughs> Or, uh, I, I, I like the one where he's just like, okay, I'm, I'm going to leave and I'm going to go check out over this hill real quick. Nobody eat anybody. <laughs> <laughs> Comes back. Everyone's slaughtered. <laughs> and uh, at one point they're like, they have to cross the river. And uh, he's like, I wonder how deep it is. And Trey just throws a rock into it and they just stare at the splash. For like, like, what the seconds. fuck was that supposed to prove? Like, what the fuck was that supposed to prove? <laughs> I don't know. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I just, I, I gotta say like for, for I'm almost me, feeling like, like I'm laughing harder talking about it though. than when I watched it, that's, see, that's just odd. so interesting. Maybe I need to watch it with, someone maybe i, I watched I'm it alone honest, whereas i watched like, toxic avenger with my I, brother so because i i laughed way harder at this one than i did toxic avenger yeah. which is which is partially why my my ratings are going to be the way that they are as we maybe angle towards the reductive rating round here i've already put my rating of this movie on letterbox so i'm gonna have to raise it like just talking about this has made me like love it way more yeah, yeah. like yeah. it like honestly like even the the difference i think is that um, even the stuff that like fell flat for me on this one, um, it still had like an overall construction and charm to it that it all felt like a piece to me, I guess is like maybe my like main difference between the two. Um, which is why, and as we push into the reductive rating round here, I'm, I'm going to give this one all pretty much also a high, uh, a high three as well. But I, I did end up liking, uh, this one a little bit more, but mostly because I just, for number one, just laughed more. And I felt like I was, uh, the jokes themselves were just more cleverly crafted and constructed and built into the actual story itself. And I found that there was just a little, like Trey Parker was just a genuinely wittier writer overall. Yeah. And I think that if, for example, he had just been given the same resources that the Toxic Avenger guys have been given, that that it would be a much superior movie all around, I think. It's just that that. he obviously had to make a much more lower-budget film, and he was sort of limited by that. And what's amazing is watching him also just translate that into jokes, where he makes sort of in-universe jokes about the fact that this place, like, looks stupid and it doesn't look real, and... um, 
So, and, and just kind of like, you know, letting that sort of like suspend your disbelief. Like at a certain point when I first turned it on, I was just like, oh, this looks so bad. Um, and then eventually I was just able to go along with the tropes and I mean, and, and to watch him still be able to get amazing, uh, laughs out of me through it. Like, uh, one I didn't get to mention, and I'll try to get a couple more in as I'm finishing up here, but, um, the one where, uh, everyone is, uh, the mob is leaving the saloon to chase him down. This is, and this is right after that great moment where, where where Leanne is silhouetted and he's like, you know, leaving Leanne behind and it's just, it's really dramatic. And then everyone chases him out of the saloon and like literally like hundreds of bodies are filing out of this like really tiny, so like it's such <laughs> yeah. a shitty set and you're just watching. And I can tell that the effect I think is that they run out and the same people run around and just run yeah, back run through again. Through the back. <laughs> yeah. the back but, but he holds the shot for like 30 seconds of just like, every second like five to ten people filing out of the saloon to chase him down to make it look like there's like a thousand people in this like really tiny set yeah yeah (laughs) and so he definitely finds ways to sell it that's for sure yeah Yeah. and like and for some reason that got me even more almost even though i could still see the seams i guess is the way that i would describe that um so yeah this was like a, a pretty high three uh from from me Sweet. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a high three for me as well. Uh, I think this conversation also helped it. Like, it was a three either way, but yeah. I feel like I like it even more. And I feel also feel like I don't. It was weird that I find the jokes almost funnier reminiscing about them. Oh, and I think it might just it. be. I don't know. Like I said, they're a little dated, yeah. but because I under like they're very witty, they're very well written. So I think I was just maybe thrown back by that a little. Yeah. Bit. Well, I'm and, and, I, and I mean, I like that almost all of them are based on all of these separate characters. Like he just, yeah. he actually writes characters. That's true. Whereas, that, that, that's whereas, kind of the main difference. Whereas, 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 I, whereas I felt toxic, like toxic Avenger, they kind of wrote like types, like they wrote yeah. types of characters. Right. And, they were and it just was like, like cause the, the these jocks, are stand-ins for the jock characters, right. but like the actual trappers, I could tell you what, each of the three actually differently looks like and, yeah, and how they like, felt about certain situations. Like the one in the trapper song who gets a brief interlude with the purple flowers oh, where he's yeah. just like, I just want to be like, I'm the sweet innocent. And he has a high pitched voice and everything <laughs> yeah. too. Right. So the, like the, that kind of stuff I, uh, so like the, there's actually really like respect. complicated riffs on these different archetypes and stuff like that. Yeah. So. And I will say it's like the, with toxic Avenger, it does seem like he, he said, you're the jock. So this is how you act. You're the cheerleader. So this is how you act. It's not like you're this person. So yeah, he has this, this background. And, yeah. Um, because even Trey, even, gets, he, Trey gets a lot of comedy out of like people not acting the way that you would expect them to. Yeah. Well, but, and, and uh, I was also going to say that also all the people on the expedition actually have separate characters too. Like the guy who's constantly putting everyone on timeout, as if like that's the like that's the Mormon. That's like the ultimate punishment <laughs> yeah. for everyone. And everyone's just like, "What the fuck, dude?" And then it's eventually when he tries to put the trappers in timeout, and they just punch him in the face. <laughs> <and> he's <laughs> like, "Oh shit, that doesn't work." <laughs> yeah. I don't know why people were letting me do this. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I I still. I mean, I just loved the Toxic Avenger because it's just such a, it's something I've never seen before ever. Right. Uh, with this, I felt like I have seen parts of it. Like I've seen, you know, comedy musicals and, and there's certain things that he's doing that I've seen before. But the thing is, is he's doing this in 93, right? right. Like it's, he's doing it when it's, when it's fresher. And I think I just have to get that out of my head that I've already 
kind of heard these joke premises and setups. Well, and, and especially even if you're just familiar with like the works of Trey Parker, like for example, a lot of the songs eventually, like just the tone and writing construction of the songs sound familiar to like, you know, he did a lot of musical songs on yeah. South Park. Obviously, he, uh, they did the South Park movie, which was a full musical. Right. Um, the Book and, of Mormon, and Book which of Mormon. Josh and I have seen twice. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And the Book of Mormon is uh, like hugely you can see where it comes from with here, because, again, it's that same kind of like joyful, optimistic music, but with like more which is grimmer content yeah. and that kind of juxtaposition and how, you know, things get a little especially in this story when it gets to full violence and cannibalism and stuff. Yeah. Which they go for, too. Because, again, that, really that, that full company song about hanging him. Yeah, it's fantastic. Oh, my. Because, I mean, like, that's when it hits full force. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I would say, like, the Toxic Avenger for me is just, it's such a it's such a, a hidden gem, and it, it's, it's something I've never really seen before. So I think that's what gets me. When we're watching these kind of, like, super trash films, to me, I think that's what's just been hitting me more, is when mm. I see something that... I truly haven't really seen before and kind of shocks me that that stuff uh, just gets me a little more, but I you will go say watch that, poultry guys. Yeah. I think I'm going to really enjoy <laughs> it. Um, but, uh, but with this, I, I agree with you completely that I think this is, it's, it's better written. It's smart. It's, it's, it's wittier, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, uh, it's more thought out in regards to its jokes and its characters and its mm-hmm. themes and, and things like that. Um, it's just the, for me, the toxic Avenger is just such a, holy shit, I can't believe this is a movie kind of thing. Yeah. So it's like so a yeah. brute force experience versus it, like someone, right. you know, just like, you know, writing jokes. Right. Exactly. But th- I mean, this is, this is a lot of fun and I would highly suggest it too. So yeah, I'm going to give it the high three for you, Mitch. So originally I was feeling like really, uh, down on this movie. This is like the 10th time that I've watched it. And uh, you really start to notice like the pacing issues after multiple viewings. Yeah. And but like having this conversation about talking about it, I'm like completely invigorated by it. Uh, I remember (laughs) exactly why I love it. Uh, I'm going to give it about a four. Oh, probably a low four. Nice. Nice. That's a big upgrade. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I think that might wrap it up for this week's episode. That was The Toxic Avenger and Cannibal the Musical. I'd recommend everyone actually probably go watch both if you want to have a good oh, yeah. a good laugh. Do it back to back. Um, it'll be a it'll be a time. <laughs> I'm I'm still thinking about the the 80s ballad like rock ballad love song that he sings about the horse, the I'm on top of you, and they're all shirtless cow, cowboy hats in the cave and everything yeah. like that. Oh, also just to add one little thing, at the end there's a text that says this movie contained extreme violence and should not have been viewed by children. So it's like after, <laughs> after they gave the warning for kids. And I just thought, that's so Trey Parker. It's, it's fantastic. Well, especially because it opens with being like, the violent scenes have been cut, have been out. cut out. And so then like, at the end, they're totally- like, by the way, this was violent. Our bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was good. All right. Uh, Mitch, this is the part of the show where if you've got anything to plug, you can do it here. Uh, yeah, I guess you could go follow the account. Um, the, the Twitter the <laughs> account uh, at Magic Mitch XXL is my Twitter handle. <laughs> Never thought you'd have to say it on a show. Yeah. No, I got to change that. <laughs> no, dude, leave it. No, I think so it's good. awesome. I was That's the one who convinced him to change it to that. So, yeah. But Magic yeah, Mitch it's, it's, XXL. It's been really fun to be here. Josh and I have watched a lot of the Sleezoid 
movies together. Yeah. And so I've kind of like inherited a lot of the burden of the sleaze. And so it's <laughs> nice to finally be like officially deputized. Yeah. <laughs> a, lo- a lot of the time, at least like one of the movies we watch for each episode, I've probably watched with Mitch at some point showing yeah. it to him. Yeah. Uh, so it's good to have you on. Yeah. Well, thanks, thanks for coming man. on Mitch and bringing these trauma movies. I'm sure we'll get to trauma again sometime soon. Oh, absolutely. I definitely um, want to dive into more. But in uh, one week's time, we're going to be back uh, with a bonus episode for you guys. Uh, (laughs) Not similar at all. Usually I try to segue (laughs) between. I try to have like some connective tissue between the episodes. Uh, But we're doing The Matrix. uh, (laughs) Uh, and we're doing The Matrix Reloaded 2003 because Jamie and I recently had the opportunity to watch uh, both films on 35 millimeter film at a double feature. They were so good with uh, at, at the theater that I helped program, and that a lot sounds. of a lot of people showed up, uh, and it was pretty amazing to finally get to see these on film and just yeah. in a theater. I mean, I'm actually, yeah. We're, I think we're both young enough that I I didn't see any of them in a theater. So. Oh no, I couldn't. So again, so to see it on the film prints, how people would have originally seen it in its original theatrical mind blowing because they were mint prints too. Yeah, um, it was a really uh, awesome experience. So for the bonus episode, you're going to get us talking about the big ones, uh, the Matrix and the Matrix Reloaded. Um, but in two weeks' time, we're going to be back with a special guest, and for the first time on the show, we're going to be talking John Waters. We're going to be doing a movie called Female Trouble, which I believe is one of John Waters' films uh, starring uh, Divine, the uh, drag queen that would appear in uh, I th- I, at least like three of his films, I think. Um, Pink he Flamingos, was in especially. Yes, but also, yeah, and, and Multiple Maniacs as well, which I don't think uh, I've seen either. So I haven't seen, the only John Waters I have seen actually is Hairspray. Um, oh, he did Hairspray? Yeah, the uh, 88 one. Oh, it's like a, a reimagining, of a, like, because it's John Waters. Well, it was, it was the original, and then they made a musical out of it later. Yeah, oh, so the, okay. the movie is actually his. Oh, I didn't know that. He, yeah, he conceptualized it, and, he, and he's in it. He plays a really oh, wow, hilarious cool. role of, like, no the idea. conversion doctor or whatever. I always thought that. it was an older musical that... Uh, no. That was just reformed Mo- a bunch first. of times. Wow, very cool. And it's actually it's really good, so I'm excited to explore some more John Waters. But we're going to be pairing it with, and this is the first time we've ever tackled short films on this show. Oh. So we're doing a series of short films called The Stella Shorts from 1998 to 2002, uh, which was um, written by David Wayne, Michael Showalter, and Michael Ian Black, the uh, oh, yeah, fa- famously uh, behind... Um, the uh, show and movie for Wet Hot American Summer. Right. Um, so, and I love Wet Hot American Summer. So I'm excited to see where these guys kind of got started. How many with their short comedy. films are there in the collection? Uh, do you know what? I'm not sure exactly, but it's okay. about, it's about an hour and a half long. Okay. So it's gotta cool. be, it's gotta be, I, if each one's like 10 minutes long. You know? Yeah. So, but that'll be excited to, exciting to talk about because they were uh, apparently a very, very funny three man comedy troupe. And I've, I think I've only ever seen one or two of the shorts. So it's going to be uh, pretty interesting to do that. So there you go, comedy. We're bouncing from comedy to comedy. There there's, you go. The, there's some connection there. Um, but yeah, so that's going to be in uh, two weeks' time with a guest for you guys, free listeners. But I think that will wrap it up for this week's show. Thanks, as always, for listening and keep it sleazy. Keep it sleazy. Mitch, come on, say it, dude. Keep it sleazy. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good I idea. nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>